and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we are kicking off Fantasy Month. Woohoo! Over here on the podcast and over on the website at fullybooked.ca. Um, so for the whole month of June, we're going to be talking about everything fantasy, whatever we want to talk about, basically. <laughs> and we hope that you guys will want to join us and listen to everything that we have to say about it, because they, especially on, in Shereen's case, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> Love fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> um, to kick things off, we figured we would get started uh, with an adaptation that neither of us have revisited in quite a while. And there is a reason. Yeah. So today <laughs> we're talking about um, Alice in Wonderland, directed by Tim Burton, released in 2010 starring you know all the usual Tim Burton regulars Johnny Depp Helena Bonham Carter Danny Elfman did the music you 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 get it you get the picture that's that's pretty much everything past the year 2000 that's pretty much what you get with a Tim Burton film I missed him too bad I miss Tim Burton's like greatest hits although I think Big Fish came out like in the early 2000s and that was Probably one of my last favorite movies. So that might be one of the last ones that I really enjoyed. And then after yeah. that, things kind of went downhill for me. I don't know. Yeah. And up and up to and you know, sort of including what we're talking about today. Anyway, we're going to get into it a little bit more. But um, yeah, this wasn't... This was one is uh, Alice in Wonderland is such like a beloved property yeah. uh, that I do think that adapting it in any way, shape or form would be difficult. I mean, Disney did it in what, the 50s or the 60s and they did a pretty yeah. good job with it. Well, it was a cartoon, right? It was also so a very like, straightforward adaptation. Yeah, and, and I always find that we're maybe a little <clears throat> bit more forgiving with cartoons because just the fact that it's like art in itself yeah and you, you can know? suspend your disbelief a little bit yeah more. exactly whereas like when you watch a live action version of it you're I don't know why our expectations are much higher maybe it's because it's actors that we see so frequently and we you know we yeah. expect them to um understand our I don't know our love of Alice in Wonderland and be able to put it back on the screen for us yeah yeah, yeah. I think you might be right yeah. anyway let's um yeah you know, we have a we have a lot to unpack with it. I think yeah. it was like a hefty enough episode. So you know what? Let's get into it. Let's talk about Alice in Wonderland. There is a place like no place on earth. Some say to survive it, you need to be as mad as a hatter. Which luckily, I am Alice. It's you. Okay, so Alice in Wonderland was released in 2010 and obviously directed by Tim Burton and it currently has a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb and 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's accurate. I would give it that. I guess so. Yeah, yeah there's there are like, you know, things to really appreciate about it, but I don't know. There's something about this movie that I like I can't get behind which I say about pretty much like anything of Tim Burton's maybe released after like 2005 at this point yeah I mean my struggle with this one is that I just felt he went too far on the Tim Burton scale yeah I agree no I agree it's like there are some parts that you were like god it's so dark and you're just like it's not necessary like we get it you directed it and we know what great work you do and it's For always sure. kind of like whimsical and like kind of purple and blue but somehow I, but i thought and spirally there uh, are and spirals, spirally there are spirals and strikes um, on things and that's great but with this one and especially with it being like an adaptation of such a beloved story mm-hmm. and a child a children's a children. story <laughs> and you know my beef with it is that he 
made it into a children's movie at during some points, and then other points it really wasn't much of a children's yes, movie. Yes, okay, that's something we need to talk about. And, so, and it's yeah. meant to be more of like um like a uh, what you call it um it's gone, not a fairy tale, but like a like a folk tale. Yeah, like yeah. it's meant to be like more like the story of Alice in Wonderland is yes. just very like well, so, cutesy. And yeah, like, well, so. Lewis Carroll, um, you know, it's quite widely believed or understood, I'm not sure what specifically, that he wrote the story with uh, a young girl named Alice Liddell in mm-hmm. mind, who he knew. She was a little kid, and he basically uh, made up a children's story for her, kind mm-hmm. of with her sort of set as the main character and her going into Wonderland and going on this adventure. So, I mean, I think the first thing that's kind of, we, we you can't, with something like this, there have been too many adaptations, too many, like, God, there are countless, like, f- there are film adaptations, there are TV shows that play off of it, there are different stories that take different angles on it. So I don't think you can necessarily expect that any adaptation of it will be like a word for word yeah. exact adaptation and that's okay yeah. that's fine I don't mind that um but I guess I just don't love all of the choices in this so obviously the first thing that's really different is that Alice's character so technically this is kind of like I think this is more more a combination of several of the Alice stories so Alice in Wonderland is the original story followed by Alice Through the Looking Glass, mm-hmm. which actually incorporates some of the characters that you also see in this film. Mm-hmm. And then there's a third one, which I believe is called What Alice Found. Mm-hmm. And I think she ages throughout the course of the story slightly mm-hmm. because if we were going as like a straight adaptation, Alice is about seven years old in the original story, not 19. Right, but they keep making mention of this. And I, I did ask you because, you know, you've you've read the yeah. story yeah. more closely than I have. And, and I couldn't recall this you know, Alice has been here before and you're not the right Alice kind of thing. Yeah, so it's almost like they were taking Wonderland and then they were like, oh, okay, but it's not just that. It's also, Mm -hmm. you know, it's also other aspects of it. So, yeah, and I don't, I guess I don't mind that too much, but I do have this, there's something really strange in this story about, like, I think, like, about, like, Mia Wasikowska and Mm. the way that they had her sort of portray the character. She's a really good actress, but the way that they had her portray the character was very odd because she's almost infantile in a lot of cases. And she's meant to be 19. If she had been like 13 or 14 and they had played it off, like, you know, differently and they'd had like a younger person Mm. playing the role, I'd be like, okay, cool, fine. But she's meant to be like of marriage age during the Victorian era. And I'm like, you would be a little bit less like a small child yeah I mean she's got like this like almost like Luna Lovegood-esque vibe about her yeah the way she behaves but but like not, not as knowledgeable about and things. not as endearing no. either like it's just very much like she questions everything which I appreciate you fine. know that's fine like um you know curiosity is always great it's but also your exposition because it's how you explain to the audience what's going on exactly. your character your main character needs to ask questions for sure but it was it was the way that she was constantly asking questions and it did come off as infantile yeah. to your point and yeah. and I did find it starting to get on my nerves a little bit after a while oh yeah for sure okay so let's actually you know what let's actually get into the story how everything starts so obviously it does start with a flashback because she's uh, young, she's had like a nightmare. Her father's in the middle of a business meeting talking yeah. about business stuff business that we're never stuff. incredibly clarified what he wants to do. I don't know if it's working in trade or something because I think they're talking he's in trade. Yeah, because they're talking about setting up 
um, a trade route, route, like a trade yeah. route, like, you know, like, and that's it. And it comes back at the end, but like, you know, to India and things like mm. that. And he's talking about setting up a bunch of different trade routes. So I'm sure that's when it was, you know, and of course she comes in, she's had a nightmare. And at that point she is like, kid like a little kid probably under 10 years old so you know he goes back and then you get a couple they incorporate a couple of the lines from the book itself Mm -hmm. which are the whole thing about you know believing in six impossible things before breakfast Mm -hmm. and also um when she says you know have I gone completely mad and he says yes I'm afraid you're entirely bonkers but I'll tell you a secret all the best people are that's from the story Mm -hmm. and I I think in the story the hatter says that yeah he says we're all mad here doesn't he yes he does yeah Yeah. Mm mm-hmm um, right, so we have the little flashback, then we pop forward. It's been 13 years, 12 years, 13 years, something like that, mm-hmm. since that event takes place. Um, we've popped forward in time. Alice is now 19. Her father's passed away sometime in the last, I would assume, couple of years or yeah, so. with no explanation on how. No. We just know that he's passed away, yeah. and, and obviously she's, you know, he was the person that was closest to her in her family. Like that becomes very obvious immediately with her speaking to her mother and um, making mention of some quirky things and her mother has no interest in, in yeah doing it's it. a little it's like it like I get it because we're establishing what kind of character she's meant to be but it is a little on the nose of yeah. just like oh well father would have been okay with this kind of yeah. thing I'm like he would have laughed about it like okay all right sure well, again it's for a younger audience I know so I think I know. they had to supply a lot of information a lot of exposition and information so mm-hmm. they get to this to do uh with like a lord and a lady something or other i don't remember they're fine they're whatever like you know the wife's a big snob the dad's not so bad mm. um she gets there <laughs> hamish is my funny. he was so, so funny, funny. <laughs> he was so funny he just pops up it's just his face and like the hoity-toity way that he speaks i was like okay hamish is hilarious and he's stealing the show oh, right totally. now and and you know there's clear so one thing I do appreciate about this movie is the, the clear parallels of who the real life characters are versus, you know, the the characters in Wonderland. Yes. And Hamish is obviously supposed to be some sort of rabbit, you know, with his coattails. Yes, I think and, he's meant to be like, I think he's like the white rabbit maybe combined with something else because he's very button collar. And I know obviously the two, the sisters are the twins are like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Well, also he's, uh, Hamish is very hellbent on the time as well. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, he's like, that's right. meet me, me in 10 minutes. And the gazebo yeah. in exactly 10 minutes yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. So of course Alice finds out that she's here because of course the idiot twins give away... Um, that Hamish is going to ask her to marry him and her sister's like, ah, they weren't supposed to tell you. Yeah. So they have a whole back and forth. Um, and Alice is like, you know, deer caught in headlights. She obviously doesn't want to marry this person. And the whole time this scene is playing out, like, you know, it's kind of like cut to all these people who are staring at this gazebo expecting this proposal. And for some reason they incorporated a lot of extra stuff into like this, like the beginning didn't need to be as long as as it was. was. Like, you know, because, you know, she goes to meet, she's going off to meet Hamish or whatever. And then she finds her brother-in-law making out with another girl and she's That's like, right. you're literally yeah. cheating on my sister. And he's just like, but don't tell her though, wink, wink. And yeah. she just like leaves. And I was like, that, this was like unnecessary exposition. Like, I don't care about these characters. Yeah, no, at all. And like, you just know that they're not really going to come back throughout the story. No. Um, 
But yeah, and then what surprised me here is she obviously doesn't want to marry this guy, but she goes to this gazebo anyway, and she's like standing there with her hands in his. And yeah, then, even though they've you know. told her like why, she knows why she's there and why this whole friggin' party's happening. Yeah, like I would have thought she was going to run away before all this happened, but she no. She waits wait. until 200 people are looking I at know. her, and then she nopes out of there. She's just like, I need a minute, bye. I need a very Bridgerton. That's all I could think this whole time. Kind like of. I was like, oh, okay, we're doing that. But yeah. we're not in Regency, we're in Victorian right now, so that's interesting. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so she, yeah, she goes running off. Also, another side note and something that I wrote down like really early on is that they really did <laughs> Mia Wasikowska dirty in this because she's so pale <laughs> and they put no color Megan, on her. Megan is very sensitive. But it's also because she says like, you know, she's there and she's like, oh, I haven't been sleeping well. And they put these huge dark circles under her eyes. And I'm yeah. like, God, you could at least make her like all these people are expecting her to get married. And Hamish kind of wants to marry her, I guess, because he's supposed to. Right. But I'm like, oh, God, I'm like, you could have at least you could have done something for her. Like usually your heroine is going to be like, you know, she's like, no, I want to be different and stuff, but she's hot. Like, I know. Well, I couldn't get past her hair. Like they really did her dirty on her hair in that first scene. Like she had like these really like tiny little stringy curls. Yeah, they look terrible. No, no volume. I mean, I will say that, you know, by the end she's got like a good yeah. voluminous head of hair. Like I don't know what that's meant to be, I don't but know, like weird. I really caught that detail. Yeah, the moment she gets to Wonderland, she starts like looking better gradually <laughs> over throughout the course of the film, which I is guess really because she's like energized and she's having I, yeah, fun. Yeah, like, I, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, so she, anyway, so yeah, that and the fact that because she's so stinking pale, they put her in pale blue dresses all, all the, time the time and it looks so bad. So bad. I mean, Alice does wear pale blue. I know, like, but yeah. Puts a blush on her cheeks. <laughs> Do something. Um, so then she goes, uh, she runs away from Hamish and she finds herself chasing after um, the rabbit wearing. The rabbit with the waistcoat. The and waistcoat. Very, very pointedly like, like pointing at the watch like, follow me. <laughs> and so she like runs after him. He jumps into the rabbit hole. Obviously she falls down the rabbit hole as well. La-di-da. And she winds up in that room. Um, where where she can't get out the door and she's like, what the hell is this? And then she finds the drink me, eat me thing, the little um, drink to get smaller and the cake to get bigger again. I forget what they're called. It doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, Goes through that whole thing, which is a really, a really normal Alice thing to do. Mm. Um, This was like sort of at the point, so when she gets through there, she starts finding some of the other characters. Yeah, and like, side note, the star-studded cast in this movie. Oh, absurd. Like, um, you know, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, hey, oh, hey, wow, okay. Yeah, you start looking at like the IMDb page of like all the voices as well, yeah. and you're like, some of them you can pick out, yeah. but other ones you start looking, you're like, oh my god, I know who everyone is. Yes. It's absurd. Um, when she gets through the door into Wonderland, this was something that I noticed that I was like, okay, Tim Burton, we get it. There's like literally a Sleepy Hollow twisty tree like right through the door when she gets it's there. Probably the same like, one from Swoop. They just moved it. Just moved. Like Tim Burton just keeps his tree with him just in case. He brings it to set. He's just like, we might need this set decoration plop. And it pops up again later too. She's that's like another scene where she sees and there's this big ass twisty tree. I'm like, that's in a different place than it was before. Basically, Tim Burton has a trunk of a twisty tree, Johnny Depp, Helena Bottom. Oh my 
my god, yeah. And then he just whips them out for the, every movie. Whenever it's whenever it's easiest. Um, so she gets through. She starts meeting some of the characters. So there's the White Rabbit, who's Michael Sheen. I was like, Michael oh, Sheen really? voices Is the that White who Rabbit. That was? Yeah, Arrow oh, okay. himself. So Michael Sheen voices the White Rabbit. There's the little Dormouse. Yeah. Um, and I recognize the woman who voices her character, but I can't remember what her name is. It's fine. Uh, the Dodo Bird, who has a cane, who I thought was really cute, by the way, because she's just like walking with who his little cane. Who was that? I don't know. Oh, okay. And who else was there? Somebody else um, was there as well. Um, oh, Tweedledee some, and Tweedledum. They, yes. Also. They were so funny. They were so funny. Or he was funny because it's was. that guy yeah, from, from Little, Little Britain. Britain. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. way that they talked and stuff and then like, you know, every time they'd get to an end of something, they'd agree. They'd be like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, uh, uh, Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, this is great. I can't quote anything from Little Britain because it's all offensive. But yes. um, that being said, he was great in this movie. Yeah, he was um, really funny. Also, uh, Alan Rickman as the caterpillar. Yes, as Absalom there, the, the caterpillar. Yeah. who looked, He was so scary looking I was like Ooh. I know I wouldn't like go back to see this person like because she goes back a second time to see him and I'm I like, know he would just give me the heebie-jeebies yeah he would freak me out it's so funny I was listening to Alan Rickman do this and first of all I was like oh I miss Alan Rickman and mm. then I couldn't help but be like I feel like he went into the recording studio <laughs> and they were like okay now just speak articulately but in your lowest softest voice that you have <laughs> and that was what he did <laughs> so he just spoke as Snape Bait kind of, yeah, without drawing out the words. Yeah, you know, you weren't quite at the, like, you know, turn to page 394. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he... Also, oh yeah, so see, I was picking up on weird little... Uh, when you know it's a Tim Burton movie, you start spotting all the things. So first there was the Sleepy Hollow Twisty Tree that I was like, wow, okay, this is weird and mm. out of place here where everything else is colorful except that one scary tree. Right. And then... <laughs> Ooh, scary tree. <laughs> and then there was... <laughs> Um, Alice's little armbands that she has on that yes. have stripes all over yes. them. I was like, I don't think that's a thing that people would have worn in that way, but okay. We'll get there in a moment, but I want to get your thoughts on the Hatter's hands. What was going on with that? Anyway. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tweedledee and Tweedledum are probably like, they look kind of creepy, but they're probably the funniest ones of the characters that you meet <laughs> so far. And then, um, she get okay right so they get to Absalom and he's just like oh no this one sucks she's not the Alice that we had here no, before he says she isn't hardly Alice oh right so it's oh, always a play on so words annoying. Right? anyway like it's, it's, he's such a pain anyway so they and then he just blows his hookah smoke because he's high as fuck for this whole story I mean, all the time you be probably if I live there yeah probably <laughs> So then um, uh, some of the the Red Queen's, um, her soldiers and stuff show mm. up with the white name Crispin Glover. I forgot oh, that Crispin Glover was when the I white saw him, knight. I was like, Was oh. the Red Knight. I was like, it's Crispin Glover. Oh my God. Yeah. Everybody re- remember him from like weird other like random stuff. Like he was the Charlie's dad. Charlie's Angels. Charlie's, yeah, the creepy thin man yeah. from Charlie's Angels. I'm so glad that's the first thing that you remember. He's yeah. also the dad in Back to the Future. Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, he's Marty's dad. Yeah, George McFly. <laughs> yeah. McFly. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> I fucking I love Crispin Glover. He's yeah. uh, you know, both creepy and intense and I appreciate him for it. Like he totally um embraces it and he just always pops up really randomly in yes. movies and you're like, "Oh, hey, Crispin like, Glover." Hey. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm always happy to see him in anything. It's fine. Um if you guys have ever seen I forget which Friday the 13th movie he's in, but he's one of the kids who gets murdered and he has the best dance scene <laughs> before he dies. It's so good. Okay, we have to watch that. Yeah, later. we'll watch it. It's fine. Yeah. Um anyway, so he shows 
follows up with some of the uh you know what I really liked actually was the the Red Queen's the, her cards her soldiers they looked yeah. really cool yeah, they I did really look liked good. them yeah. they're like big cards with little like little like medieval sort of like helmets mm. on and I was like oh they're really fun and then the Bandersnatch shows up which is like the big great <laughs> bear thing um the Dormouse pulls its eye out which I know. freaked me the fuck out I was like oh my god I was sitting with Sochi watching this and he was just like holy shit what is this movie I thought I it was for kids yeah no 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 it was like it was really brutal like I kind of felt bad for the Bandersnatch um but then yeah, I couldn't so I. I could not stop thinking about the Netflix movie Bandersnatch and the whole time every time he kept coming on I was like Bandersnatch, Bandersnatch and it's like a totally different thing <laughs> totally but yeah not the same thing. no uh. no because all of the creatures so the the evil quote-unquote creatures that are referenced um and that show up in the movie you've got your bandersnatch your jub jub bird yeah and the jabberwocky right all of those are from the poem within alice and mm. her story is called jabberwocky right. which is the whole one johnny depp's character the, the hatter starts quoting it later mm. um where he starts saying like you know be like twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gibble in the wave anyway that's the jabberwocky poem mm. and it's referencing that's it all of those separate individual creatures basically right. that show up uh which is fun because you do get to see them like an actual creature that shows up that represents what's referenced in the story so mm. that was a fun touch i appreciate that mm-hmm. um so yeah so the dormouse is intense and she stabs its eye out which was gross um and then and keeps it in a little oh my god in her in a little like in her little fucking pouch on her oh that was weird um so then what happens after that i think they go over to the red queen's castle that's right well then um alice and no they go because we go, I think we go over there because they've like captured like they capture the white rabbit and the dodo bird and someone else no, don't don't doesn't it go to no alice meets the hatter first no because i thought hang on now i'm now i'm totally it doesn't really matter that much but now i'm totally forgetting i thought we got a scene where we got to go to the castle meet to the, meet red, the queen, red queen and, and then, then come, and then go to the, yes because she comes in and she's just like someone ate my tots oh, and then she kills right. and then she has one of the frog servant things murdered and literally asks them to go yeah and then asks them to go get her the babies so she can eat them and i was like oh this is so fucking dark i know like the red queen has no no conscience. she has no chill it's um, really great <laughs> i hate i hate how engorged her head is it's so weird but it's funny like it- i thought it was so funny i know that it's annoyed you but like the fact that she likes anything really big I- because she's got <laughs> oh, a really yeah, big true. head and a tiny body and then everybody at court has like all these like okay. artificial limbs to that, make them bigger that i loved the yeah. fact that her little posse or whatever yeah. they've all faked that they have really big limbs because that feels true to life that feels yeah. like something that people would have done to get in good with the queen, with the queen. she has this weird quirk so oh, we're gonna have one too we're gonna have one yeah. too and then she won't kill us basically yeah. Um, so that I really appreciated. I thought that was actually a, like a fun touch that they had. So yeah, so she has her little first scene with, um, with Crispin Glover where That's they right. have like weird sexual tension that they're forcing <laughs> upon one another. It's very strange. It's pretty funny. Also, though. does she have a speech impediment because her R's sound like W's for the whole movie? Does it? Yeah. I think it might just be the way, maybe it could be that I didn't even notice that. Literally she's sitting in her throne the first time and she goes like, dwink. And then they give her a drink and oh, I was like, oh, that sounds weird. I hate oh, that. Oh, that was when Alice was there. Oh no, it isn't. No, no I think it's later. before. Oh, yeah. It's so confusing it is because confusing. they basically replicated the same scene. Like she She's always in 
her throne room. Yes, with, almost always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dwink. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a side note. Um. So we go. So yeah. So she. So that's it. That was my note. Was does she have a speech impediment? That's dumb. <laughs> um, like she already has a huge head. She doesn't need a speech Shouldn't impediment a speech as well. Impediment. Uh, yeah. I just. I don't. I don't like Helena Bonham Carter in this role. I'm actually really, I'm so, it's so mean. I texted you this yesterday. I'm actually glad that her and Tim Burton aren't together anymore because I feel like she's doing less ludicrous over the top mm. things now. And cause she's such a good actress that I feel mm. like even when she plays like a weird character, an evil character, I, I appreciate it more because it doesn't feel like it's a caricature all mm. the time, which I like better. Yeah, so she has her scene. Um, she reads the the prophecy scroll that they keep on mm. referencing the whole time, and of course, it shows who someone who looks to be Alice slaying the Jabberwocky. Right. So she calls Bayard, that bloodhound. Right. In. Okay, he's so that's cute. how we get. Yes, I he's love super Bayard. Cute. So she calls this little bloodhound in, um, and she's like, "You're gonna go find her." And then you know, the Red Knights like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever. We'll we'll let you go, basically, because they've had him like imprisoned, pretty much. Mm. We'll let you go if you find her." And he's just like, "Oh, my wife and my pups too, because they have his, little, his know, wife and his so little puppies." Sad. I'm like, no, not the dog. Yeah, there's I did appreciate that they used a CGI dog. You know, I'm like... It would have been weird for his mouth to just move, probably. Like, yeah, but they've done that in and they so could, many movies. I know, but it, this isn't like an Air Bud film anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Bayard Bud. Yeah. So then we've got Alice trying to find her way because now she's basically totally on her own. She's, you know, wandered off by herself because everybody's been kidnapped and the Dormouse took off. That's right. So she's wandering off by herself and she meets the Cheshire Cat who I think might be my favorite side character oh, of all awesome. Characters, it's he's so good. He's like so calm. He's sassy, mm. and he does shitty cat things to people. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is what a cat would be like if it could do this. I know, I love it. Um, I really love the exchange between um the Hatter and the cat later there with yeah. the. Like, I really, I really like that hat. And when he like puts his claws into it like a cat, he yeah, starts like kneading it. I, I was like, oh, that's so it's good. So cute. I um, love that. Yeah, I love that. And so she gets to. So then she finds yeah the tea party yes um and we were just talking about this the march hare is by far our most oh favorite character so here in are my this whole movie. oh my god yeah he's so funny so here are my fun facts for so i don't remember what the specifics are for the dormouse and why she's nuts mm. she is because we've seen it already fearless yeah she's crazy but so there are a couple of different things and of course all of this is based around Victorian era but also mm. just around like you know Lewis Carroll's kind of research and knowledge about things so obviously so the March Hare is nuts mm. um, and all he does is like break things and mm. like twitch a lot and it's because it he's the March Hare it's constantly spring and he's horny but he can't <laughs> mate with anybody because there's nobody to mate with so he's gone insane oh my god that's too funny that's the backstory for him and then as far as the Hatter's concerned so the expression mad as a Hatter mm. existed already mm. when Lewis Carroll first wrote the story because back during that time, which would have been like the mid-1800s, more or less, I think the, that's when the story was originally published, hatters um, made would make felt hats by hand, and they used a certain type of mercury to do so. So they would oh. all wind up with like an acute mercury poisoning that would occur. And it would cause things like slurred speech and uh, forgetfulness. Like they would forget things, and eventually, you know, it would lead to much more serious il illnesses. But that's where the expression came from. So, of course, he's always referenced as the hatter, not the mad hatter. That's mm. just something that's become like a thing mm. over the years. But yeah, that's why. So that's why he's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, and so then we get this amazing scene where you see this huge table that's been laid out and Alice gets there and, and the Hatter is one of the only characters who says that's Alice. Actually, he is the only character who Yeah, says he's that. the one who said as soon as he sees her because everybody's like, no, it's the wrong Alice. It's the yeah. wrong Alice. She didn't bring the, white, the right one back and they're all yeah. blaming the white rabbit for it. Right. And this is, of course, Johnny Depp who plays this character um, and... You know, I appreciated the makeup and the costume. Yeah, and I appreciated a lot of parts of yeah. him as the Hatter, but man, as soon as they start getting into him having some sort of split personality yeah, disorder. Yeah, where he gets like angry and then his whole face goes dark again, like way to go on the makeup there. And he gets Scottish for and some reason. And then he gets Scottish with the strangest Scottish accent. Yeah, it's, it was very forced. Very forced. Um, but you see it the first time when um, the Cheshire Cat is sitting there and I don't know what's said, but the cat goes oh I've gone off my tea and the hatter is oh, like yes he's like it. oh yeah you betrayed all of us yes, to save your own like, skin that was not my fault that day <laughs> it's too bad that there's backstory see it's weird because there's so much like backstory between those characters that you never really get into I know I would have loved to hear about like all the politics and everything that had happened the interactions between the hatter and the cat are some really good ones the whole way through the film yeah. weirdly I would watch a whole movie of just the two oh, of totally, them just like a buddy comedy what happened yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course the March hair with his funny little lines that we get um he, oh my god so uh side note this movie when it came out it was during that big um craze of having 3d movies remember oh, yes, like that's in, true it must have come out in 3d right right and so that's why um the hair is throwing cups the whole time oh, because it's coming out of the it's supposed to be coming out of the screen right um, you notice that if you pay attention um and then uh the queen's guards show up and the red knight shows up again that's right crispin glover shows up <laughs> that's his name uh and he does Hatter. he has shit he has a name what does she call him? Stain? Stain? Like S T A Y N? Yeah, something like that. what I saw, I think, in the like in the in subtitles, the subtitles. In the captions, because that's what I do. I watch everything with captions. Of course. So. Um, and so then the Hatter gives Alice the uh, drink me potion to make her smaller so she can fit into a teapot. Yeah. And this is where you see his hands the first time, and they're kind of strange. It's I don't know what they were going for with this. I wonder if it's because um, as a Hatter, he's meant to have like a bunch of like pinpricks on his hands. I think that might be part of it, um, but I think part I don't know. It's almost like part of it's almost referencing like self harm to a certain yeah, extent. Yeah, like, that oh, was my thought. Weird. Like, Why I was is this like, here? What is happening? I don't know if that was the intention, but like your immediate thought is like, what is going on with mm -hmm. his hands? Like, why are they like that? Anyway, yeah. I digress. Oh, and this is a point where I definitely wrote down. So like, you know, there's so much back and forth about this and you know, Alice is following all of this and being like, no, I'm not that Alice. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And I just wrote down, I was like, I have no idea how she's following any of what's been happening so far, if I were plopped into the situation, I would have no idea what was going on. Well, you know, and it's interesting because if you look, if you think back to what we were saying at the beginning about her asking questions and being curious, yeah, she doesn't really ask many questions. Not about the right the, ones She's either. just kind of going along with it and she just keeps saying, well, this is my dream, so I'm going to do what I want in my dream. I guess and that's like, how they're justifying it, but I'm like, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, you'd, you'd ask plenty of questions, even if you thought you were in a dream. I agree. Um, so they come along and they manage to avoid any type of uh, conflict because, uh, what's his name, Bayard is one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. And he takes uh, the, the soldiers off into the other direction. Side note, it was really funny because, I don't know if you saw it, but um, Crispin Glover's standing there with his cup 
and like drinking tea. I know. Like, yeah, he, he gets there, there and he's, he's like, like, okay. And, he, and they're just like, here, have some tea. And he's just like, you're all mad. But he's standing there sipping the tea. I know. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, like this would never happen. So yeah. then they go run off. Um, I don't actually even remember what happens at this point. Oh, yeah. Alice uh, rides on the hat for a while because oh, she's right, tiny. right. Because she's so teeny that he's just like, here, a hat ride. And the doormouse wants to come. But he's like, no, fuck off. It's just for Alice. Yeah, you can only one of you. Um, yeah, so he takes her over where does he take her he takes her over to like the river's edge basically and I think she needs to she needs to go across it so that she can get because he tells her of course like the red knight's still following them and he's gonna catch Mm. them and so he takes her on the hat and he flits it across the river to the other side and he tells her go wherever whatever direction and go see go find the white queen like go to her castle basically go to her kingdom go find her so she's like so she, of course, he lets himself get arrested and mm. taken, mm. and then Bayard finds her because she's inside the hat, basically. Right. And he's just like, yeah, so you should go find the White Queen. And despite the fact that two people have said this, and one of them's been arrested for it, and the other one is risking his family being killed, she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, we're she's gonna like, no, her. it's my dream. I get to take yeah. charge. So we're going to go find the Red Queen. Yeah, we're going to go find her castle. And you're like, Alice, don't be such a pain in the ass. Oh, uh, but she is. But see, so. this is the infantile thing that I find is strange. If you were almost 20 years old Mm. you wouldn't be acting this way no and like if you were in a situation that you thought was a dream at first but it's increasingly becoming obvious that it's not actually a dream yes um you would maybe do something about it yeah um and you'd probably be a little bit scared but she's not to her credit so um they go running off to the red queen and they get there and um now, I don't know what happens. Does she drink a potion again to become big? What? Okay, so she gets um, she gets across the little moat with mm. what I think are dead people in it. That's oh, very nice. Um, the, the heads that she has to tree. jump across there to get across yeah. the moat. So she gets across. She goes through a little hole in the wall. She finds, because... The queen is playing croquet. Right. With um, the 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 croquet ball is a little hedgehog that's tied up. Right. Who I felt really bad for. He was all squeaky. Mm. And then she, the mallet is a flamingo that she's that's making right. do this. And so yeah. she knocks it. It goes flying really far. And she's like, Paige, go get it. And of course the page is the white rabbit who she's had in captivity since they were captured earlier on in the film. Right. So he goes running into the bush. He finds Alice and he's like, oh you're here and she's like yeah I'm here to fucking fix stuff yeah um so he gives her the cake and she eats too much of it because she's an idiot yeah well we've established this and then she becomes huge and of course the queen is very happy about this so this was my okay to be fair this was my favorite thing with the queen and her interaction um because you know then she asks she's like who is this yeah and the white rabbit's like um and then he's just and then she's like um and then (laughs) Alice just goes yes um from umbridge and I was like oh my god that's brilliant yeah and then the queen's like like, this is um with that big head yes. and she's like super enamored she's with so Alice. She's just find some clothes for this enormous girl. Yes. Use the curtains, make her something. Yeah, she loves her enormous head. And then um becomes her new favorite person. In um, the court, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, you have this whole like, you know, scene in the court where Alice is there and then Tweedledee and Tweedledum show up and the queen calls them her fat boys. Bring my fat boys. Oh yeah, that's yeah. it. And then the red knight shows up again. Yeah. And he is immediately enamored with Alice. Alice or um as um, he thinks she is she's gigantic she's giant oh my god his his that was my favorite I think that might have been my favorite line in the movie later when he creepy corners her and tells her that he has a crush on her he's just like I like largeness and I died <laughs> I know it was so good um um and so 
Yeah. And so this whole like just hilarious piece of Alice being at the castle and then they realize that she's Alice and then she's got to bounce pretty quickly. Yeah. And then she's got a dip. Um, yeah. Most of the fun stuff comes from like, you know, so the Hatter uh, is brought, brought out into the court and he, you know, tricks the queen. He's like, oh, I could, I could make hats for you basically. Mm-hmm. So he has a little back and forth about that. Oh yeah. I also wrote down that the favorite, my favorite thing about the Hatter is his run. His, his little funny his like little funny his little funny run because it's cute yeah um but yeah this these were again these were more scenes of her doing all of this running away at the castle and doing stuff where again I was like they're playing her too infantile she doesn't seem commanding mm. like you know she orders Bayard around and I'm like he wouldn't listen to her if mm. she were acting this way mm. it just doesn't it doesn't work for me. I well, don't think it carries. This is my point. Like it was like it's a Tim Burton movie, and it's not like he hasn't made like children's movies before. But I feel like he was really going for a much younger audience in this one. Yeah, I guess. And so he kept planting things in that just didn't seem to work with the rest of the story. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so then they end up um, with the White Queen at her castle. Yeah, she goes taking off. She finally manages to to make it over there at the same time the Hatter and the Dormouse are staging like a coup in the castle basically right. and they escape with a whole bunch like with Bayard and the White Rabbit and mm. a whole bunch of other people who were stuck um, at the Red Queen's keep so they all get there <laughs> I have an extra note about the Red Knight that just says the knight's crush on Alice is like Crispin Glover intense and a bit creepy <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's so, so he true. like pushes her up against the wall and he's like, I like you, um. And I was like, Oh god. Oh god, okay. Um, and uh, so Anne Hathaway is the white queen. Um, I didn't love her. I thought she was a little bit irritating and I, I liked just her. I, I liked her better like, than whatever. Yeah, I liked her better than the Red Queen. I don't know. I thought she was I you know what I appreciated about it is that she's still kind of despite the fact that she's like, you know, very um graceful, mm. I guess, is what they were going for. Like some of it was silly, but I appreciate some of the funny parts where, like, she smells something and she's like, and yeah. she's, she's still funny. Yeah. No, she, they did a good job. Um, I, I don't know if you picked up on it, but while Alice is having this conversation with the queen and she's concocting some potion, which we never actually find out what it does. It makes her smaller Oh, it makes her again. smaller again, right. Like normal um, size. That's right. So she's concocting this potion and, you know, she's got an entire jar of, like, human fingers and at this point, she's telling Alice that she has vowed never to harm a living creature. And so it's just really funny. Yeah, um, it's cute. Like, a little <laughs> play on things that she yeah. doesn't harm a living creature. Also, she does a total hocus pocus spit into that potion. Oh, totally, Right yeah. before she yeah. like mixes it and finishes it. I was like, interesting, Disney. Interesting. I see what you're doing there. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so she does that. Alice drinks the potion. She's normal size now. All good. All good. All good. Um, then we get to the point where basically everything that this has been building up to is this quote-unquote Frabjus Day, which is the event that's coming up where basically there will be a war between the White Queen's Court and the Red Queen's Court, um, and everybody needs a champion. In the case of the Red Queen, it's the Jabberwocky. It's that big dragon-type creature. Right. And in the White Queen's Court's case, she would like it to be Alice because it seems that that's what what is prophesized. What the prophecy is. And Alice seems to be the only one who can slay the Jabberwocky. I don't know why in this context. I don't believe it. Mm. But whatever, sure, that's what's supposed to happen. We missed the whole bit about Alice 
Val is becoming BFFs with the Bandersnatch because she gave him his eye back. Oh shit, I totally yeah, forgot totally about that. Yeah, we totally missed that. Yeah, um, that's it. She yeah. takes his eyeball from the Dormouse and then she goes to see him and she's like, oh yeah, I need to get that Vorpal sword, which is yeah. the only sword that, that can, can slay the Jabberwocky. Yeah. And she goes in and he's just kind of like, mm. and then she gives him his eye back. eye back and he's like, oh okay, thank you. And then she takes the key off of him. She manages to get the sword and then he helps her. It's true, she rides that's him. That's how she gets out. out. Of, yeah, she, she, she rides she him out escapes. of the course. On the Banda Snatch. Yes. And so... So, yeah. So, we're getting to kind of the final scenes where, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, back and forth here where Alice is like, do I want to be the champion? Do I not want to be Again, the it was just kind of annoying. It and was, I was like, like, a I'd, lot of it was really drawn out. It just felt like a really toothless sort of, like, attempt to... Uh, establish herself and I was like it's not working for me no I just this don't like, like coming of age thing it just didn't work in this story and I um, love a good coming of age story I but do not in this case. I think we all do yeah um and so so yes she accepts to be the champion um honestly as you can maybe tell I kind of stopped paying attention to the movie at this Lol. point because well, so I didn't really care anymore she, fin- after yeah, she, so she finally accepts <laughs> that she's going to be the champion Frab just day comes along which is like literally the next day right um they all go out to meet one another on the battlefield that everybody always seems to know to go to in films of course <laughs> um, the battlefield there's always an established battlefield <laughs> so they go out to do that uh she they summon the Jabberwocky right. who's Christopher Lee who only gets like two I, lines no i was, I was like, like saruman i know i, was, I was, like, was like what the hell why the would they not give him more christopher lee was a fucking badass oh. and i miss him a lot so that gave me two feelings one i miss christopher lee the same way that i felt with alan rickman actually right. when he came on one i miss christopher lee and two he only got like three lines where he's just saying like you know his old foe the vorpal sword will be yeah. to fight or whatever so then the whole fight happens between everybody she's fighting the jabberwocky the hatter's fighting the red knight right uh the queens are doing nothing because of course they're not mm. um everybody else is just kind of like jumping in between different things doing a little bit of fighting a little bit of non-fighting mm. it's not really all that important no alice slays the jabberwocky obviously of course she does of it's the course. only time she does anything cool because she he like throws her up in the air and then she comes back down with the sword and she gives yeah. him a big choppy chop and it was fun off with his head yes yeah um a big choppy chop and then his i laughed so much because his head just rolls all the way down the spiral staircase yeah. that she was on and yeah. i was like okay that's okay funny. yeah um, and then obviously now that the queen doesn't, the red queen doesn't have the Jabberwocky anymore. Um, nobody wants to follow her cause yeah. she's not scary. All her, cause um, she's not going to stick a Jabberwocky on them. So they're all like, I don't care. I don't, I don't have care to help anymore. you anymore. Yeah. And I think her Jubjub bird as well is. No oh, it longer. got its head smushed with a rock. Exactly. Yeah. So like she has nothing anymore. And like the Banda Snatch is now on, <laughs> Alice's, on Alice's side. side. Cause he loves her. Yeah. Right. So, um, so then, you know, the soldiers are like, well, we're not following you anymore. And they all drop their weapons. And yeah. then the crown goes over to Anne Hathaway. Because um, care of the Cheshire cat who picks it up off the Red right. Queen's head and that's then drops right. it yeah, onto drops it the on White her head. Um, and then, uh, they arrest the Red Queen and they banish her for all eternity or something until the end of wonderland and then crispin glover is like my queen i love you and uh the white queen is like no you can go be banished with her as well because she she refuses to harm a creature a living creature yeah she was like no we're not going to kill you or anything but you can you know go do that and then of course he doesn't want to because he's only been faking any feelings he's had for the queen because he felt like he had to yeah so of course 
they handcuff them together and he's like oh my god no please kill me and she does have a great line because she's just like no I don't owe you a kindness so yeah. I'm not going to do that for you and I was like damn damn <laughs> and then they and then he immediately tries to kill the red queen and she's like what and she's like he's trying to kill me like she's so he's surprised trying to kill me it's I think Helena Bottom Carter is hilarious in this movie she is just a treat I just uh, no <laughs> bring give me like Sweeney Todd Helena Bottom boys. Carter bring me my fat boy god bring me give me like Sweeney Todd Helena Bottom Carter for me works but this is just too much yeah i don't know i mean she was meant to be like she did the job anyway yeah um, oh my god okay and then we got to this part that you texted me about last night oh night's. We hated my god they've been talking this whole time about when you know when the day comes where the jabberwocky is slain and everything is good again that the hatter will do this fucking dance what's it called i don't know oh, because a futter whacking futter whacking but it's just the dumbest thing nightmare inducing because his head spins all the way around a few times and he does these stupid leg movements and it's this just, is my point about like this is for kids it's very much yeah. for kids like like when yeah. this happens, like it really dawns on you that this was really meant for like a very young audience. Yeah. No, um, and it. you're just like, oh, you've lost me. Like you, you were kind of losing me a little bit, but now you fully lost. Yeah, me. no, I'm I'm gone with it. So yeah. yeah. So then obviously Alice is like, okay, so I have to go home now, and everybody's like, oh, stay. And you're like, she's not. She's not going gonna to. But whatever. So she goes back home after her like other than her one cool move by the way that was like she her I don't know if they did any like fight choreography work with her on set but she just looked like she was like flailing with that sword the whole time mm. until she cut its head off I was like this is not a great fight guys I was very not, hung up on this already. I was unimpressed yeah. by it anyway <laughs> she goes back home she climbs back out of the rabbit hole everyone is totally flabbergasted by the fact that first of all her hair has grown so that's interesting oh, yeah. very voluminous but also that point. she looks like she looks a little bit dirty she had like two smudges on her and everybody's oh my like gosh, yeah. what and, like a scratch happened? on her arm and I from like, the banda snatch I know and so <laughs> and you're like all right calm yeah, down I know um, like it and so then she goes over to Hamish and she's like sorry I can't marry you nah, like immediately nah. she's like nah 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 and then she goes over to his dad and she's like we need to talk about business um, and he's like okay and then like, okay. she does the dance a little bit oh yeah uh. she stops and she's like oh one more thing and she lifts up her skirt and does the stupid dance the f- like the, the footwork the basically fur, what's it called the furbigan futter futter whacking she does it with her know. feet and i'm like i hate this so much so like i hate it so much um, and then they go and then she talks about like trade routes to China and next thing you know is she's on a ship supposedly off uh, on an expedition to somewhere. probably go establish said trade routes right. for the company because that's what she'll be doing. That's right. And then yeah whatever that's it right. Roll that's credits, it. Basically yeah we're yeah. done. And then yeah that's it. Um, those are really uneventful ending. Um, I don't care about any of the people in the regular world. No. So. So Megan, was the book better? Oh, 100%. I don't even, I'm pretty sure that almost everyone would agree with that. Anybody who, I think anybody who appreciates the story itself, first of Mm. all, and probably even anyone who likes like the original animated film from Mm. the 50s would probably not be super impressed with this. Because I know they're trying to expand upon the universe and add extra things to make it really into a full length film but it just fell short for me. Like I just, some of it was just the absurdity was too much. Mm. The characters were too much. Um, and just trying to add a level of darkness that I just don't think has a a great place in the Alice in Wonderland universe, unless you change the entire story around and you make it into something inspired by Alice, but totally different. Well, so this is, this is my point. Like, it's like, I couldn't figure out the tone of, 
the movie. No, it that it was zigzags. my problem. It's, it's like zigzag, okay, yeah. like are we going dark? Because I can, I'm happy with that. Yeah. But if we're not going dark, then why are you putting dark elements into it? Oh, because you're Tim Burton. There's your scary tree. Um, and yeah. then it's like okay, so we're going for like maybe like a um, Nightmare Before Christmas age audience or Corpse Bride audience, and then you get that stupid dance at the end, and I'm like, okay. I'm and now so we're done. going back to like the eight-year-old children watching the movie, but like, like there's five. been some fucked up uh, like yeah. elements of this film. Exactly. Oh, also something we didn't talk about that I couldn't figure out as I was like, are they trying to establish like a romantic relationship between the Hatter and Alice? Okay, that was weirding me out a little bit as well. Like this level of like, like fondness gazing that they have for one another that you're like what the fuck is what is happening yeah it was weird and this all of this leads me to question i don't even i don't know because there's a sequel to this Mm. through the looking glass that i think was a few years later Mm. i don't know what happens in that movie i'm not sure i've ever seen it i don't remember I feel like I saw it, but I don't think it was very good. Okay. Well, I mean, this um, one wasn't great, so it would be hard for a sequel to be better, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, like we said at the beginning, this is one of those stories that there's been so many adaptations for. Um, I'll do a, a plug of one of our local homeboys. Uh, Patrick Senecal wrote yeah. um, Alice, which was a very, very scary version of Alice in Wonderland. Um, yeah, it's sort of at the point where if you're going to take it there, take it all take the it way all there. Take it all the way there, and yeah. he took it all the way there. And yeah. so so that was really, as I said, that was my beef with this interpretation of the story, is yeah, let's do a fresh take on it, but choose your direction and stick to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we want to know what you guys thought of this adaptation of Alice in Wonderland. Um, do you feel the way that we do about it? Do you really like it? Do you enjoy it? Uh, you can let us know over on Instagram at FullyBookedCA. You can check out our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And you can come on back and keep checking out everything that we've got going on for Fantasy Month over at FullyBooked.ca. But other than that, until the next time, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.